to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hi there, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host. I'm a retail transformation specialist, a coach and a consultant, and I help retailers to define their ideal and future operating model and then deliver the change and transformations needed to put that into place, driving profitability and relevance. Thanks for tuning in. This one is episode 182, number 182. In this episode, we're going to be talking about tips and tactics you can take to combat the stress that goes hand in hand with transformation. Head over to the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 182. That's obandco.uk slash 182. Now, it won't come as any sort of surprise that the whole flow of the retail industry has really been interrupted for the past couple of years. There have been a huge number of disruptions, which I don't need to go into. And it's funny because... We keep talking about VUCA, the acronym standing for volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous. And we think we understand it and we think we've got our hands around it. And then something else happens and it makes the past look like a walk in the park, right? But in all seriousness, the Ukraine war has surprised and shocked many people around the world. And I think it should challenge us individually and collectively to feel grateful and to feel thankful for our lives and our situations. We've all been moved by the horrors that are there. And I think that whole situation is going to evoke a number of thoughts in our heads, both in the current world, but also in the future world as well, about what it means and the lessons and the learnings for our own lives and our own community as well. And I had a a very real and recent conversation that got me thinking about a fascinating word, courage. Now, courage is a word that may have graced development plans or even been painted on a company values wall of a chirpy startup, right? Courage. (laughs) But take a moment and ask yourself, do we know what courage really is? Would you and I have the courage to stand up and fight? Or would we take flight? Or would we freeze with no response, a rabbit in the headlines? Now, I hope that we will never find out. We will never be in a place. But the uncertainty and the volatility of today's world, you never really know, right? But what is interesting about courage in that sort of very real sense of the word is that it is the same part of our brain that is making a decision to say, shall I stand and fight or shall I take flight? It's the same part of the brain that responds to our own relative peaks of fear, of anger in our everyday life. It's the part of the brain called the limbic system. And the whole phenomenon of fight or flight is known as the stress response. Now, this is a prehistoric, instinctive survival mechanism that is in all of us. Ultimately, the limbic system is what stopped our ancestors getting eaten by wolves or bears 
or any of the other dangers that used to exist when we used to live in a cave, right? (laughs) And our brains still work with this stress response in exactly the same way. But it is relative to our modern day life. A peak in our normal life is still a peak. So our brain treats it in the same way. That's the reason why we can overreact to everyday niggles, a traffic jam, missing a train or a plane, or someone cutting you up as you drive, or some other tiny, tiny frustration that happens in our everyday life. But when it comes to change and transformation, we are naturally opening ourselves up to new situations. And in these new situations, things could go wrong. We'll see dangers, we'll experience risks, we'll face potential failure and all that that potential failure could bring along with it. That stress and concern and worry is a fairly natural part of change and transformation, in my view. And whilst these stresses can be useful to help us stay alert and find the best option, they can also be very damaging to us in the longer term. High blood pressure, anxiety, depression, and then you have impacts that lead to a slowly but terribly vicious circle, making bad decisions on diet or drinking too much or other addictions, not getting enough exercise, strain on relationships, a lack of sleep. All of these things we know are bad, but it may seem that they can ease the chronic stress that we experience in the very short term. That concept of having a few drinks after a hard day at work, right? Now let's just explore what's happening here. And I'll have a shout out to one of my friends and one of my very first coaches, Steph Tranter, who is an amazing mindset coach. And I definitely encourage you to check her out. I'll put some stuff on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 182. Now, Steph taught me that when we face a stressful situation, a relative danger, our brain is sending a distress signal to a very specific part of the brain called the hypothalamus. And when this happens, this is when our instinctive and prehistoric brain takes over, right? So the hypothalamus responds to this distress call and gives out a call for adrenaline. And that adrenaline allows us to either fight or take flight. The whole purpose of that adrenaline surge is to put our bodies in the best physical condition that they can be for that decision. Our hearts beat faster. Our breathing speeds up as we take more oxygen to be at our very best, physically, that is. Our senses sharpen. We see better. We smell better. We can taste better. Our body starts releasing stored energy. And all of this is happening very, very quickly. You won't even notice it. It's so quick. And if the stress continues, the hormone mixture in our body continues to develop and the adrenal glands switch to releasing cortisol to help us stay in that moment, to help us stay in that peak physical condition for longer. But what was most surprising to me to learn was that during this change, our intelligence is actually closed down. Our brain focuses so much attention on being physically ready for the danger, it deprioritizes and literally reduces our ability to make clever, 
cognitive, intelligent decisions. Now, this is a big problem, but I think we should all consider ourselves lucky that we're most likely facing a mental stress rather than a physical stress. But as we get more used to stress, or it stays with us for longer, our bodies also learn that they need more energy reserves, just in case. So what do our bodies do? They focus on building fat tissues and making us hungry, so we store more energy or have the opportunity to store more energy. And that, of course, presents longer-term issues. And actually, if we're using that cortisol to stay on edge for even longer, because there are so many dangers, so many stresses around us, or we haven't managed to close that particular stress down, what can actually happen is we find our blood vessels becoming overstrained and damaged and ultimately increases the risk of heart attacks and strokes. And of course, that's hugely severe as well. So it won't come as any surprise that being in stressful situations is not good for us. But understanding exactly how our bodies are reacting is an important part because it is not just a mental thing going on. There is a physical, literal change happening in our bodies when we experience stressful situations. So what do you do about it? Because it is easy for an onlooker to say, oh, it's only X, Y, Z, right? You don't need to worry about that. But remember, this is not just a mental thing. It is a physical thing. And in the moment, the cognitive, intelligent part of our brain has been shut down. We can't think logically. So we need some very simple actions that we can do to wrestle control back from the hypothalamus. (laughs) So here are four different ways that you can help to reduce stress in the moment, but also in the longer term as well. Because it is critical to ease ourselves, make our bodies recognise that the stress is not a natural stress, that we don't need to have that extra blood, the extra energy, the extra oxygen quite so much. But it is, unfortunately, what millions of years of evolution have given us. So I'm not entirely sure we're going to be able to solve this one anytime soon as a human race, right? So here are four tips, like I say. First up, visualising relaxation. So if you have watched the movie Happy Gilmore with Adam Sandler, you may remember that Chubbs, the golfing coach, says, think of a place that's really perfect, your own happy place. Go there and all your anger will just disappear. And this is about visualising relaxation. And there's been plenty of research into this. And really what it's about is triggering the opposite of the stress response, the relaxation response. So think about how you can breathe really deeply. Let your body get that extra oxygen that it is craving. But the slowness of a deep breath will slow your heart down as well. At the same time, focus on something soothing, something calming, something relaxing. Go to your happy place. And what you're trying to do here is to trick your brain to not send that distress signal. To say, actually, everything's okay here. We can chill out a bit, right? Visualize relaxation. That's the first tip and the most accessible tip if you are in a high pressure environment right at that moment of time. The second action that you can do is to get physical. As we were talking about earlier, to respond to the stress and the danger, our bodies are getting us physically ready to be at our peak. So ask yourself, how can you use that to disperse the stress? to disperse the 
extra energy, the extra oxygen, the extra blood. And here you can take some immediate exercise. Allow your body to, like I say, burn some calories, use some oxygen. So when you find yourself in a stressful and demanding situation, see if you can take a few minutes. Take a fast, brisk walk. Even if you can't, do some exercises or stretches in your office. Get your body moving in some way, even if it's only a little way. And what you want to do is you want to expel some of that extra energy to allow you to regain control of your mind and lower the adrenaline and the cortisol in your bloodstream. The next tip is around having social support, a group of trusted people around you that can help to support you to manage and reduce stress. Now, this is a theory called the buffering theory or the buffering hypothesis. And research has shown that having a series of close relationships with people that are around you eases and disperses stress in a short and long term. Now, there are many sayings that prompt this thinking that, you know, we are familiar with, right? A problem shared is a problem halved. That is the buffering theory in action. Safety in numbers, same thing. And, you know, as we descend into our prehistoric instinctive brain, think of our distant ancestors. They gathered in tribes for community and for support. It's the same natural instinct. So do you have the support group of trusted individuals around you, both in and out of work, I would suggest, that can help you to disperse the stress in your body? So that's the third piece. And then the fourth piece is around training ourselves. Our bodies are instinctive. We are hardwired to react in certain ways. But we can also train our bodies to respond in certain ways as well. It's a bit like the concept of a muscle memory, where if you do something over and over and over again, you just naturally know how to do it without thinking about it. So how can you train yourself, your mind, your body to respond to stress? Write down your approach. Keep the same approach every time and keep it nearby so that when you find yourself in a stressful moment, you can remind yourself what you need to do. And remember, you won't be thinking clearly in that moment because your brain is shut down. So if you have it written down and nearby, you can refresh yourself. Don't expect to remember it naturally. And like I say, repeat this approach with all of the inevitable stresses that you will get. And over time, you'll train your body to deal with the challenges and keep yourself at peak mental condition rather than just peak physical condition. But it's also important to take these same principles and keep them in place to disperse the long-term stress too. You know, you don't want that low-level stress with continual cortisol doing damage and overexposing our bodies, right? So I think it's hard to stop stress, especially if you are in and around transformation. Just by being in transformation, you are on a journey into the unknown. You do not know where the dangers are going to be. If you care, which I'm sure you do, you will worry about the consequences. That is natural. And there are so many different aspects to consider. And let's be honest, some of those aspects will go wrong some of the time. So think about what's your plan going to be to keep yourself in peak mental condition. And then how are you going to refine it? How are you going to improve it? Because if you do that, you can keep yourself at your best possible level. 
Now, transformation is hard. And if you or your colleagues or your team are not transformation specialists, it's going to be even harder because not only are you on a technical journey, but you're on a skills-based journey as well, all into the unknown. So if you or your team need support, then perhaps you could consider the Retail Transformation Coaching Programme for either teams or individuals, specifically for heads of or directors that are functional experts tasked with transformation, but who need to be able to lead the change within the organisation too. By working with me on the Retail Transformation Coaching Programme and over a series of sessions, we'll diagnose the different challenges, build action plans, learn to stay on track, learn the key tools and techniques to drive progress and grow the important mindset and behaviours that you'll require on the way. If this sounds good to you, reach out and ask me about Retail Transformation Coaching. Email me oliver.banks at obandco.uk because you're going to want to take the intentional action to build the change capability and confidence to take on your transformation successfully. I look forward to hearing from you. I'd love to work with you on the Retail Transformation Coaching Programme. Now, just before we do wrap up this episode, I've got a few recommendations for additional episodes to listen to. So first up, I mentioned her earlier, Steph Tranter is fantastic at all of this. So I would encourage you to check out episode 57 and 58. It's a two-part conversation called Building Your Emotional Resilience. A fantastic, fantastic session now. Next up, why not try episode 113 with Dr. Jackie Mulligan in an episode called Disruptive Thinking for a Volatile World. And then finally... Join me as I talk to Lou Banks in episode 163, Learn to Have Conversations That Matter. All of these are great follow-on episodes, but if you can't remember those, then head over to the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 182. Thanks for tuning in today. And one last request, if you know someone that needs to have a little listen to this episode, why not drop them a text, send them an email, or WhatsApp or whatever, let them know to tune in to episode 182 of the Retail Transformation Show podcast, and I'm sure they'll be eternally grateful to you. Thank you so much in advance, and I'll really look forward to joining you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye then. Bye then.